welcome into the Hilltopper Sports Podcast. I am Todd Allam. Joining me, senior broadcast student Lauren Fridley, her second time on this show. This one's going to be a lot of fun for her because what we're going to talk about today in the interview we have today, right up her alley, we would have an extremely difficult time broadcasting any of Acro and Tumbling without Lauren's help. So, Lauren, welcome back to the show, and uh, thank you for all your help, especially for Acro and Tumbling. Hey, thank you for having me on again. It gives me something to do, which is really great. Uh, even though like time goes past and it's like just gets more boring and more boring throughout every day. Um, yeah, no, I love acro. I have never seen anything like it in my life. I love gymnastics. I grew up doing gymnastics for a little bit and then just kind of watched it. I'm a big Coda, uh, <laughs> I'm a big Olympics person. I, I love watching elite gymnastics, and then the whole scandal happened, and I like watching college now. So uh, this is like right up my alley. So I love being able to learn and do a new sport and everything. Well, we'll, we'll get to uh, some of the things that are going on in the background, folks at home. If you watched the, podca- the podcast with Lauren before, try to get her dogs on air, but this time, I wasn't able to last time, is – this time uh you'll also hear in the interview that we filmed before we filmed this we filmed with coach kyle of acro and tumbling try to get the dogs on then but unable to there she uh, wanted to bring her dog on as well but was not home to do so maybe the dogs can you know have the video chat through zoom maybe we can do that next time <laughs> okay i wonder how the dogs would react to seeing another dog on a computer screen uh, is not you know the most friendly person right now i don't think he's feeling well I can tell he's got, he just turned his back to us. He he was looking for a little bit, he's turned his back to us. He's one of those comfortable positions. So a lot, one thing that we have an issue with is our, we let our dogs sleep in our room. It's just the most convenient thing for them. They get really lonely. Um, Coda has really bad separation anxiety. Like when we first adopted him, he was afraid to go through doors. Like doors scared him. And then like we got that taken care of. But if you put him in a little confined space, like we found cages that were really like big and spacious for him to stay in because like we didn't exactly know like what he was going to get into or anything like if he was going to tear stuff up uh he's terrified of cages he's terrified of just being confined so we've really gained his trust now over the last like three years we've had him and uh so now he sleeps in our room so the big issue that we have is uh he sleeps that's one thing this is my bed and i sleep right directly in the middle and coda sleeps right here and Todd, you know me, I'm pretty tall. My feet, I just like having him right directly straight and he sleeps right where my feet is. So I'm constantly having to like pick him up and move him. Yeah, it, we, have, we have arguments at night, but it's fine. He looks like a pretty stubborn dog. So I oh my do goodness. not envy you. I think I've shown you videos where all he does is just stare at the camera that I'm like pointing at him. He barks constantly. He knows, he, he knows. knows. He's just like me. It's it's so funny. Well, they say dogs do take on the personality of their owners. It's kind of like in sports. You want your teams to take on the personality of your head coach. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Akron Tumbling has done that with Coach Kyle. Um, coming in her first year to do the things that she's been able to do. And it's not just her first year at West Liberty. It's her first year as a head coach. She just graduated college. She was an athlete winning awards in Akron Tumbling the year before, and then she comes in as a coach and has her teams put up huge numbers, perfect tens. Uh, it would seem like a seamless transition for her. Yeah, uh, she is phenomenal in everything that she does. Um, 
in her career at Fremont, she was amazing, uh, specialist of the year, which we'll talk more about with her. Um, just overall, a great team member. Um, and I think her graduating and moving on into college and only being within a four-year age gap between her team, it definitely helps having somebody, in my opinion, it helps having somebody closer in age with me. I feel like I can learn a lot from them and you feel like you relate better to them. It's not like somebody who did the sport or attempted to do the sport like years ago. It's somebody who just graduated, just did it. Uh, you can build a better bond with them that way. And she's definitely done that with her team. And we'll talk more about that with her. She talks about coaching her sister, which we always like to bring up. And she talks about how easy of a transition it's been with her team. And we've kind of talked about this before, too, the fact that acro is a very fan-friendly sport. It mm -hmm. is something that is new. For one thing, that helps. It's, it's a new thing to watch. But they do things that not a whole lot of people in this world can do. I can't even think about doing some of the things they do without knowing. Not thinking it's going to happen, but knowing I'm going to have several, several bones in my body snap if I try to do what they do. And it's just amazing to see. And even – how gracious gracious she is and thankful for the broadcast that we do and, and stuff like that. You know how many people watch acro and tumbling just because it's acro and tumbling and it's the, the craziness they perform. I can't thank them enough for being what an entertaining sport it is. And uh, the lady toppers get better and better and better uh, every day at acro and tumbling. And that's, that's also kind of scary because they're really good and they just continue to get better. Yeah. It's really crazy. Uh, this, their first, season when like they first came in as like a club sport uh they it was my freshman year so it was like brand new it wasn't really like we weren't really doing any broadcasts with it because it was just so new um seeing the progress that they've made since then because the same juniors were freshmen then so seeing them be able to grow as athletes and being able to grow in skill and execution is just phenomenal to watch. Like Treasure Fields came in, very first head coach for West Lib, built that fantastic foundation and got a great job at Baylor working with the best, Felicia Mockey. And, and then Kelsey came in and the foundation was already there. All she had to do was work on that execution, work on skill, like push the girls out of their comfort zone a little bit, which the whole sport itself is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. I mean, you're literally holding somebody up or doing a handstand in the air on somebody's shoulders. Like that's so hard to like, it was so hard for me to just speak on air and like get out of my comfort zone that way. I can only imagine like them breaking out of their comfort zone and being able to do something completely different. So you have to give credit to literally everyone involved in like who did what, because this sport is so amazing and it's going to get better and better as seasons go on. More recruits are going to be coming in. And like, again, we talk more about recruits. Um, this is going to get so much better. And the fact that they already had a fantastic season in Kelsey's first season is phenomenal. And I'm glad you brought Treasure Fields up because I feel like if we're going to talk acro and tumbling on this podcast, we have to bring her up. Um, Treasure, like you said, she is the founder of this program. She built this program from the bottom up. And to try to give people at home a little bit of perspective as to the move that she made when she went to Baylor 
imagine again a new sport and it's not just uh you know a new sport at west lib it's a new sport everywhere in acro and tumbling and it, it goes well say uh, uh, if football was brand new at west liberty and the coach that we brought in uh was only there for two years but did was very good highly successful then all of a sudden nick saban down in alabama gives him a call or if it's basketball and it's only been around at West Liberty for two years. All of a sudden, Coach K down at Duke gives him the call. Come join my staff. And that's kind of what happened with Coach Fields. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that – I was so happy for her and, honestly, the pride. And I'm going to be selfish. Like, that was somebody from West Liberty that just went and joined the top program, not just the country. If there was Acro across the world, it's the best in the world. And she went and joined that program because of what she did at West Liberty. That – to me is unbelievably impressive. And I, not that I knew coach fields all that well, we, we, we weren't close or anything, but that's, I, I feel a source of pride vicariously through her. Yeah. Baylor is the best of the best has the greatest coaching staff. Their team is phenomenal. Um, it's just so amazing to watch them. And when they came up to West Lib for that one meet a couple of years ago, it was so amazing. Just like, you just wanted to stare and like in awe because of how great everything was. Um, Treasure was phenomenal. She was willing to help us out with anything. Like we asked some of the weirdest questions to her and she's like, yeah, no, like this is what this means. And like, I remember I still have the score sheets. She gave me score sheets, which okay, score sheets are like, if you don't get a perfect 10, like what, what are they taking? What, what did they do for them to take away like points and stuff? So like, she gave me like all of those score sheets and I was like, I still have them. Um, she was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it's so amazing that she was able to go down to Baylor and do what she did with her first season, just being a part of that team. I would do it in a heartbeat. That's just, it's a, it's phenomenal and it's amazing. And uh, Westlip also did very good in choosing their next coach, choosing Kelsey. Uh, and Kelsey is absolutely phenomenal. Like we've been talking about, she came in with an open mind already had that foundation set and just worked on things and worked on skills and execution. And they both need major props. They have done just a phenomenal job with this team in three years. And the hiring committee at West Liberty as well, whoever in athletics uh, that was responsible for bringing coach Kyle in, think about it. Um, just graduated college. She was an athlete the year before. I, I don't know how much, uh, real coaching experience she may have had before that. But whatever the, the hiring committee saw in Coach Kyle, boy, were they right. Uh, and Coach Kyle proved them right. And what a tremendous decision was made. Uh, thankfully, she came. I think it helps that Kenzie, your younger sister, is at West Liberty, an athlete for Acro and Tumbling. I think that helped a little bit in her decision to want to come and coach at West Liberty. So uh, all around, thank you to everybody uh, involved in bringing not just the sport, uh, but our coaches that we've had an Akron tumbling to West Liberty as well. I don't think we could have asked for much better. No, no, for sure not. Um, and, uh, you know, Kelsey is, like, I keep saying the word phenomenal, but she just is, like, overall just a great human being, great person to talk to, and a great coach. Um, she says multiple times, like, coaching Kenzie is amazing, and it really helps form that bond with the team. And in this sport, it's so important to have team bonding because, I mean, you rely on each other nonstop. And so 
Kelsey has done a phenomenal job with that. And you also have to give major props to the assistant coach, Mariah Ack. She and Kelsey competed at Fairmont together, and they both graduated, and now she's a graduate assistant at Westlib. But she also does a phenomenal job with the girls. Uh, she also has a very strong bond with them. Um, she is that second person that they all know. And again, same age, that four-year difference. So um, both of those uh, coaches are very special to West Liberty right now. And I think it helps as well to, uh, as an athlete, when you take a look at your coaching staff and it's like, okay, they have done this before. They absolutely know what they're talking about. They don't just know what they're talking about. They, they talk the talk, but they've walked the walk in, mm -hmm. in a serious, serious way. Uh, so the immediate respect goes right there. And plus, you probably competed against them the year before, and you watched it yourself. So there's no questioning you know, how, how good they are, what they know. Yeah, Fairmont is a top 10 team. So they definitely know what they're doing. Uh, have made it to the national championships quite a few times since uh, be becoming a, a team. And they're all, Fairmont's in the MEC, so they have definitely competed against each other. There was a... Uh, Right before the meet had ended or the season had ended, they had gone to Fairmont. And it was their first, it was Fairmont's first home meet and it was our second meet. It was our first away meet. So they went down there and last year was the first MEC championship for acrobatics and tumbling. Um, and we're the only conference ever, D1, D2, D3, to have a conference tournament for Acro, which is pretty amazing. Um, Fairmont being one of the best in the country won that tournament and they did a banner ceremony and they did it in their very first meet down there while Westlip was down there. So uh, Kelsey and Mariah got to be a part of that. And they just like, Kelsey would always say, it just felt so weird being on the other side of the mat. Like, but I mean, that's just so amazing. And yeah, it's just really amazing. Well, I hope, I hope she gets used to it and I hope it's something she's going to have to deal with for the next 15, 20 years. I hope she stays at West Liberty and just builds and builds and builds that program. I think she could do some some special special things as head coach of Westlip for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, with that said, we will go ahead and pitch it right to Coach Kyle of Acro and Tumbling, and let's welcome in the head coach of Acro and Tumbling at West Liberty University, Kelsey Kyle. Coach, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a crazy time right now. Everybody we're talking to, obviously, the first topic has to be you know, your reaction to hearing that uh, everything was canceled and that the season was done for, for no other reason than uh, trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah, that was a really sad day. Um, the day practice, so we were um, in the ASRC at six o'clock that morning. So we had practiced, we'd finished up around eight o'clock. We were in the office and just kind of as the day went on, we kept getting more and more information that was, I don't know, making me more afraid of what was about to happen. Um, and then I was talking to some of my other friends that coach at other schools, plus just being on campus and hearing the like bits of information as it happened throughout the day that we kind of knew what was coming. And then I think it was like around dinner time that it was like for real that the season had ended, the NCATA had put out like their press release saying that there wasn't going to be a national championship and all the acro meets were canceled for the season. And then the MEC had done it as, as well. 
And so we called a team meeting and you guys have been in my office, so you know how it's kind of smaller. The entire team came into the office and everyone was just kind of like huddled together. And there's a lot of tears, but we were able to kind of just think about how successful of a season we'd had so far and how fortunate we were that we were able to have that time that we did have together. So very sad, very emotional, but we understand that it had to be done. So. And again, before I go any further, let's welcome in Lauren Fridley as well. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> a big part of this because if, if it wasn't for Lauren, I don't know how well we would still broadcast Akron Tumbling, but I don't know how good of a job we would do because she's our resident expert. And I, I give a lot of thanks to her. Lauren, uh, I want to get your reaction to this too. You love this sport. You, you love being on air to talk about this sport. What was your reaction to hearing that, that, you know, the last time you get to call an acro meet may have already happened. Oh, don't even, I hate those words. <laughs> it's so sad because I, like you knew, like I knew I have one more meet. I knew maybe potentially I have the MEC tournament and um, like just not being able to do it is really upsetting, but um, so excited to be able to call the three meets that we did because in those three meets, they broke records nonstop. And I think that's so amazing to be able to witness. It's not like basketball where it just happens and occasionally somebody will get a thousand points. Like every single time something amazing happened and it was just so exciting to be able to call it. And uh, it was so great to even just have the opportunity to be able to call acro. Like it's a very difficult sport for a lot of people to understand. So I really tried my best to make sure everybody knew what was going on, but I enjoyed it. It's really sad to say that's my last time as a student, but given the given the case now it's pretty understandable yeah again i really wish this wasn't the case um i've said it before i'll continue to say it acro and tumbling those athletes might be the most impressive athletes on campus because eventually everybody's going to be able to put a basketball through a hoop nowhere near at the ability of our basketball teams men's or women's uh same with football everybody can catch a football some can't I throw a football things of that nature but uh, everybody can do those kinds of things I don't know a whole lot of other athletes can, that can do what acro and tumbling does thank you we definitely we definitely have a unique sport but again I'm just glad that we had the opportunity to do what we did in the first half of our season so and to kind of piggyback off of what Lauren said for folks watching on tv or watching Topper Station for these live broadcasts, how could you not want to continue to watch every single acro meet from here on out? Because like she said, every time we had broadcast something, something amazing happened, whether it was setting records for the amount of points or the perfect 10, just unbelievable moments. And uh, I'm excited for next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. Lauren, I'm serious. If you're still around this area, <laughs> after you graduate and find a job, I'm, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to bring it back to make sure you're on air. We'll see. I mean, I I don't know what the world's bringing at the moment, so we'll see what happens. I would love to, though. I don't want to stop. It's so fun. And, you know, Coach, we, we've asked you this before, um, getting to coach and be around your younger sister um, after graduating, have a great career yourself. Fairmont, we'll get into that later. But just talk about the family ties there and, and how it might help out with some of the other players on the team knowing that there's a family member that is on the team um, and just that rapport and, and interaction with each other. 
Yeah, it, it was awesome with what we had so far this season with being able to coach Kenzie. Um, we've always had a really close relationship and a lot of people I don't think believe us whenever we say that we really have never like gotten a fight or anything like that. And so I know a lot of siblings do, but I was never really worried about coaching her because we've never, we've never fought, we've never been mad at each other. And so I knew that she was going to respect me as a coach because we have that relationship as sisters and as friends. Um, but it, it was, it was incredible. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but whenever we got the 10 and the pyramid, we, Kenzie and I just like jumped on each other just because it was so exciting to see her, um, like her reaction to her hard work paying off. So it was great coaching her and I'm excited that I get to do it again next season. My first reaction when they got the 10 was to instantly look over at you to see what you were doing. <laughs> I knew you were going to flip out because Todd, I mean, the way that they do the scoring is so difficult for our broadcast because like it's all at the end and whoever's doing the announcing, sometimes they mumble and like we have headsets and like we can't understand what's going on. So we're trying to write down all the numbers. And as soon as that 10 went up, Todd said it and I looked over at you. And you were just freaking out and I wanted to do the same thing, but I had to keep contained. It was so hard. I had on heels, and I still think I managed to jump like three feet in the air. <laughs> I know, I saw that. Well, professionalism, I'm glad you went with it, Lauren. I appreciate that. You're learning, <laughs> you're becoming a pro. Um, I, I have difficulty with that at times sometimes, too. It's it's hard to transition from being a fan, and because and, you, you know them. You, you've talked to these players, coaches. You have a personal relationship with a lot of them. You see them do well. You're, you're rooting for them as much as the fans are. Uh, in the arena, and that's another thing. Uh, acro and tumbling, for being a, a new sport, it gets a pretty good crowd at every single home meet. Yeah, I was really happy with our attendance this season, um, especially with just getting the word out more, just so people can put um, the sport to the name so then they don't just, like, hear acrobatics and tumbling, but they actually come and see what it is, especially with the students. I feel like we had a ton of students that came and supported with other sports teams. Um, so I was super happy with it. And I just hope we can grow it even more next year. And that's yeah, what I noticed. Go ahead, go ahead, Lauren. Uh, the sport is like, I've noticed like being able to work with these broadcasts and stuff. Like you go to the games and it's a lot of just alumni. Well, there's not really that much alumni when it comes to the sport. It's a lot of parents and it's a lot of students. And I think it's one of the main sports on campus that gets that student crowd. And I really, really enjoy that. A lot of people come to see it because they've heard of football, they've heard of basketball, they've heard of wrestling. Well, what's acrobatics and tumbling? Like that just doesn't make it a lot of sense to people. So like being able to see students come and just their minds are blown. Like you'll see it, you'll hear it in the crowd. It's so, it's so mind blowing. Well, thank you. Hopefully yeah. we can just continue to promote it even more. And I think that URL's broadcast has done that so well already just with being able to get the word out and have people uh, understand it better by being able to watch it either in person or online so mm -hmm. oh, again a big part of that is Lauren Fridley and her expertise on that if they had to have me talking about that, oh she jumped and they're holding each <laughs> other in the air arm like that's insane they would just get terrible broadcast stuff from me 
Thank God. Learning. <laughs> I'm learning, learning, but I'm still nowhere near what I need to be to, to, to make what it a good What was the word that you kept saying the one broadcast that I was really The rotation. The rotation. <laughs> there you go. And the rotation. And it was right context and everything. And I was so proud. <laughs> it's so funny. It's when this teacher becomes the student, right? <laughs> you always learn. Always learn. Absolutely do. Uh, Coach, we'll, we'll go back uh, in time a little bit, let the fans at home know a little bit more about you. Growing up, what sports did you play? Well, I'm from Tucker County, West Virginia. So growing up, I was a cheerleader and I ran track and I had no idea what acrobatics and tumbling was until my senior year of high school. Um, I, I played soccer growing up. I Surprisingly enough with my family, I never played basketball, but I really, I was just like a high school cheerleader and then I ran track and I lifted weights, but I had no idea what acro was and I really didn't know how to prepare for it whenever I didn't know what the sport was. So it's not something that I uh, grew up thinking, oh, this is what I want to do in college because I had no idea what it was. Um, my senior year of high school, well, going into my senior year of high school, um, when I started like thinking about college, thinking about what I wanted to do next, I knew I wanted to be a college athlete, but I didn't really know like what that meant for me at that time. I had offers to run track at some schools in West Virginia. Um, I mean, I toured West Liberty, but that was before they had Acro. Um, but then we just from being like from the North Central West Virginia area, we had known that Fairmont State had a uh, historically a really good cheer program and we knew that it wasn't cheer anymore but we didn't really know what it was so uh, my mom and I started kind of like looking into it and at that time there were only two schools in the state that had acrobatics and tumbling so it was Fairmont State and then AB and I ended up touring Fairmont uh, I met coach Christie um I was starting to like learn more about acrobatics and tumbling, but I still wasn't like necessarily sold because I was like, how am I going to do a sport in college that I've never done before? Um, but I, I, it was just kind of like in the back of my mind for most of my senior year until it was actually meet season. And my mom and I went to the first uh, home meet at Fairmont and I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try it out. Uh, and I guess the rest is kind of history with that. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in your senior season at Fairmont State, you got specialist of the year. I think that's a pretty impressive thing to do. And you turn that around immediately into coaching and look what you do. Your first meet, you set a record for the amount of points. And then, again, the rest is history. It seems like all you got to really do is uh, put your mind to something and everyone, all they can say afterwards is the rest is history because it's successful. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to kind of know, um, like you said that you've never heard of Acro before until your senior year. You went to a meet and you saw it. My always, my biggest thing was always like, how do you go from a full-blown gymnastics background or a full-blown cheering or dance background and come in and do Acro? Like, what is the, what, like your first practice, like what's the first thing that you have to do at practice? Because you go from literally like, never being able to like do a handstand most of the time to having to lift somebody up with just your hands. Like how, <laughs> how do you, what's like the timeline to do that or to get to that point? 
Um, what I like to tell people, especially whenever I'm recruiting and talking to girls in high school, um, you shouldn't be scared to try acrobatics and tumbling because just the same way that I had never done it before, most people have never done it before. It's not a high school sport. It's, it's a sport that was created at the college level and is now trickling down some to like smaller gyms and clubs and things like that. But it's not a sport that people grow up doing. So it's not something you should be scared of because your first day of practice, everyone's in the same boat as you. There's not going to be all these other girls that have grown up doing acrobatics and tumbling. They either came from a cheer, dance, gymnastics, track, diving, some other background, and they're going to learn just the same as you. And so I think that if you have some type of background in one of those like areas of discipline and you have a good mindset and you're determined to learn these things, then that's my job. My job is to teach you and to coach you. So as long as you're willing to give it a shot and to try it, um, we can take whatever background you have and kind of go from there and just teach and build off of it. How difficult does that make recruiting since this is not a sport in high school? You know, basketball is AAU and a bunch of other programs to uh, help kids develop and get to that college level. How do you recruit or what do you recruit for acro and tumbling? See, instead of looking at it as something that's difficult, I think it's um, just a lot of really good opportunities to recruit because it's not that we're recruiting from one discipline at all. We can recruit from a wide variety of backgrounds. And so being able to go and talk to cheerleaders as well as gymnasts, as well as dancers, we have a lot of dancers on the team, as well as um, we have a girl that came from a diving background. Um, I think that it just opens up way more opportunities than a lot of other sports because we can recruit and pull from a whole bunch of different areas and backgrounds and kind of use them and blend them together to create what we do at meets. And going back a little bit for, for your personal history and growing up, uh, I believe your father was a high school basketball coach and your mother was a cheerleading coach for high school, the same high school? Yes, Tucker County High School. And your dad, did he, it was girls basketball that he coached or men's? He coached um, girls basketball the majority of his okay. career. Um, and then he coached the boys basketball team my senior year, so, but mostly girls. I don't know the timeline of when he coached at Tucker County. My dad was an assistant high school basketball coach here in Wheeling for a little while. I don't know if they ever coached against each other, uh, but they may have at some point. That would be a fun little tidbit to try to do some research on to see if our parents coached against each other at some point. <laughs> um, for your sister, I mean, I know you – did you guys ever get to play on the same team, or are you guys too far apart in age? Well, with Kenzie, she's only two years younger than me. So we cheered together um, my junior and senior year of high school. That. that had to be a lot of fun. I mean, was your mom the coach then as well for the both of you? Yes. So Kenzie and I cheered together, and then our mom was our coach. All right, here's the tough question. Who was the better coach, mom, dad, or you? Oh. I don't know if I can answer that. That's tough. <laughs> but I don't know. My mom and dad were both pretty good, so that's tough to live up to. You got a well, perfect 10 your second season, <laughs> your first season. I think that's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, you're setting records every time you go out there. And plus, just to make it easier for your parents so you don't choose one or the other, just be self and say, I'm the best coach. <laughs> that way there's no Well, they're going to watch this, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that will make this even more fun. Um, it, it's 
it's interesting to see how uh, quickly this really has grown in popularity. It was the fastest growing sport for quite some time. It probably still is uh, in terms of uh, the NCATA. And how long is it going to be? I think the NCAA kind of has to pay attention to this. It can't be too much longer before it becomes an official sport on NCAA. Yeah, so in January at the NCAA um, National Convention, it was actually voted on and passed. So um, effective August 1st of 2020 for Division II, it will be um, an NCAA emerging sport. Um, so it passed for Division II and Division Three, and then they still have to vote for Division I, which was supposed to be in April. So it's been postponed, but hopefully with everything, if it goes as planned, then Division I will pass as well. Um, and then we need 40 schools that are competing, 40 um, NCAA competing schools um, for it to move up to NCAA championship status. So hopefully it's projected for in the next few years we'll be at the championship status. So it's coming along pretty quickly. I was going to say it was only a couple of years ago. They had what, 27 schools or something close to 30. And it was, you know, growing rapidly at that point too. I think we're at 33 schools right now. So it's growing quickly. So Thanks. now that it's like an emerging sport in division two, I know last year Westlib competed against Baylor. So that wouldn't be able to happen anymore at that point. No, that, that would still be able to happen. Um, I don't think it would break into divisions until there was like 40 schools in each division. Mm -hmm. So I think there's still time that we can compete against the big D1s. Right, yeah. And how's, how exciting is that? I know uh, West Liberty's first ever meet uh, in its first year with uh, Treasure as the head coach. She, Baylor, came in year one. Did you ever get to compete against Baylor when you were at Fairmont? I did. Um. I think I competed at Baylor four different times, and two of those were national championships. So <laughs> I did. I got to compete against Baylor and the University of Oregon um, and Quinnipiac in Connecticut, which is a D1 school. So. That's some stiff, stiff competition there uh, going in. It's almost like looking at if acro and tumbling was a sport in the Olympics, it's almost like you're looking at the U.S. Olympic team when you take a look at Oregon or Baylor. Yeah, they're pretty tough. They're, it's exciting to compete against them, but it's also exciting just to watch them because they're so good. So, Well, as we get into this quarantine and things of that nature, how are you keeping yourself entertained? I mean, I'm sure you're pretty busy with uh, work and having to work from home, but everything's keeping you pretty busy. When you do have downtime, are there shows you're watching, Netflix, are you a movie, a TV show person? Yeah, well, I actually, I came back to Tucker County because I was very lonely in my apartment by myself and wheeling. So I'm back home with my parents and my sisters. So it's definitely more entertaining and more fun whenever I'm not by myself. But yeah, we've been Netflixing some. We watch a lot of movies, but the one show we've been watching the most is on Hulu and it's called Little Fires Everywhere. And it's really good. The only bad thing about it is you can't like binge watch it because a new episode comes out every week. So you have to wait, but it's still really good. But that's what we've been doing. Have you been going on with the craze of everybody talking about Tiger King? Have you given that a chance on Netflix? I tried. I tried really hard. I watched the first episode twice and I couldn't get back. <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little out there for me. <laughs> it is absolutely insane, but I couldn't tear myself away from like, what is going to happen next? And I describe it as 
It's so crazy that if it was a fictional show and somebody just wrote this and tried to sell it to Netflix, they'd buy everything anyways. They wouldn't buy this. <laughs> the fact that it's real, like, yeah, this, this is just absolutely uh, insane. Well, yeah, I didn't make it past the first episode. <laughs> I guess I can't blame you too, too much there. Um, you know, it's it's also kind of weird just being stuck at home. And this is how we, we talk to everybody. I know you get to be home with family and everybody does and gets to talk to people, but uh, just communication. How do, you, how do you keep in contact with your coaching staff, your players uh, during this time? How difficult is that? Uh, Mariah and I definitely FaceTime a lot. Um, just so we have someone to talk to and to just kind of like recap on everything we're working on. But we've done um, like the Zoom meetings with the team where everyone gets on and we talk like that. Um, and then just like messaging them in our, um, like our group me and stuff like that to keep everyone updated and everything. But we're doing what we can, but it's not the same as being together. I miss practices with them and competing. And this weekend was supposed to be the MEC tournament. So stinks whenever you think about that, but. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the reasons we wanted to get you on here because we knew it was getting to that point of year where we probably would have been talking about you and your team regardless uh, of the coronavirus and all this quarantine stuff going on. Uh, it's really unfortunate that everything like that got canceled. And trying to keep some people updated back home, I, I heard some things about possibly uh, getting to keep a year of eligibility for some of your players. Is that the case or, or what's the update with that? Um, well, we don't have any seniors on our team. So we have um, all freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. Um, and so as far as I know, which I might be not completely updated, but as far as I know, right now for Division II, um, only the blanket waiver covered seniors who would have exhausted their eligibility in 2020. But I know that in Division One, they voted for the blanket waiver to cover all spring sports for all student athletes. And so as far as I know right now, since we don't have any seniors, it hasn't necessarily affected us. But if something would change where the blanket waiver would cover all student athletes, then that would be something different to talk about. And that had to make it a little bit easier knowing that you didn't have to tell anybody, hey, I'm, I'm sorry your career ended this way. It was kind of the same for, for men's basketball. They got lucky to where they didn't have any graduating seniors either. Um, I just feel so bad for the kids, whether it's baseball, softball, any of the spring sports where even if they do get that, like you said, the blanket uh, thing where everybody, all the seniors can get a year returning, you know, some of these athletes, they're not going to be professional athletes playing this sports. Uh, they may have, a, they're going to graduate and possibly have a chance at a, a good job to start their career. And that's, that's a really difficult decision to try to make uh, for anybody. And I, I'm really happy you don't have to have anybody on your team make some difficult decisions. Same, because that conversation that we had with the team and that team meeting whenever we said the season was over, that was extremely hard as it was. And I, I said it during the meeting that I don't know how I could have done it if I had seniors in the room with me. So I'm very thankful that we didn't have to do that. Luckily, like we've been talking about, you're not losing anybody and you're gaining so much. So mm -hmm. can we kind of go in a little bit in depth about some of the recruits that you have coming in? Yeah, so right now we have 11 girls that have already um, signed their NLIs for next year. Um, and then we have a few more on the way after the uh, the NLI ban is lifted, which I believe is like April 15th. Um, so we'll have a few more coming after that. 
but I'm super excited. We have a good variety of uh, athletes coming from different backgrounds, um, gymnasts, cheerleaders, um, from a good variety of places too. We have a lot of West Virginia girls coming and then some like Ohio, Pennsylvania, like regional. Um, but then we also have a new girl coming from California. We have someone coming from Iowa. So we have girls coming from all over plus um, some more local ones. But I'm super excited because we have 25 girls returning plus uh, adding a good amount more. So I'm very excited for next year to have um, a roster of like high 30s um, and just be able to start fresh and hopefully pick up where we left off. Didn't the girl from Iowa, didn't she train at the same gym that uh, Sean Johnson trained at? She did, yeah. So she has um, her picture. Her picture is like on the gym wall from where she signed to West Liberty. So there's West Liberty stuff up on the same wall as Sean Johnson. So I'm like, oh, wow. That's my favorite uh, moment. Sean Johnson's my favorite <laughs> gymnast ever. So yeah, that makes me so happy. I've heard Lauren talk about that quite a bit. Sean Johnson's her favorite. So she may have to need to get the address where that gym is to go check it out to see <laughs> the, West Lib stu yeah, the, the West Lib stuff next to Sean Johnson. She's going to absolutely love that. Mm, so beautiful. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> well, we talked to Lauren uh, before on another podcast. She co-hosted with me. Uh, we try to get her dogs on the show with us. Do you have any pets at home? We do, but I'm, I'm actually not at home right now. I'm at my mom's office, so I can't show you our dog, <laughs> but I wish I could because she's the cutest thing ever. Her name's Evie. Daisy? Evie. Evie. Okay, okay. What kind <laughs> of dog? A, she's a Cavapoo. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I'm not sure she's, what that is. Uh, a, a King Charles Spaniel and a Poodle. Mm-hmm. And she's like this big. <laughs> I tried to get my dog up here. It didn't work. It didn't work. I tried my best for you. <laughs> well, maybe uh, next time we'll get some pictures of the animals. We're all animal lovers. Uh, West Liberty, I don't know too many people that aren't. Uh, we all kind of wish we had our animals with us at work. That would be fun. We have a little um, West Lib shirt that we put on Evie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You hate it? <laughs> Does she leave it on or she hate it? She leaves it on. She likes to support the Hilltoppers. <laughs> oh my god, that's so awesome. <laughs> well, Lauren, do you have any uh questions? I mean, no, I just uh actually yeah, I do. Um so I know we've been talking about um just the entire season and how fantastic it was, and we've been talking about the devastating ending to it and how like you wish you could have gone on. Um one thing that I know from a lot of the girls on the team is that you had the, did you have the potential of qualifying to nationals or did you already qualify because of that perfect 10? Um, so for nationals, they, they take the top eight teams in the country, which are like seated and it's like a bracket style tournament. Um, and that's for the national championship for overall. But then they also do event national champions for each individual event for acro pyramid toss and tumbling and so i'll try to explain this the best i can so bear with me if this doesn't make sense and i'll try to fix it but four teams qualify for the event finals at nationals 
So of the eight teams that are competing during the first round, uh, so the quarterfinals, the top four scores of each um, event qualify for the finals for the event championship. So like the last two years, um, whenever I competed for Fairmont and Nationals, I qualified certain events um, by competing that day with that one score. But then for the other teams that don't make it as a team to Nationals, they take an at-large bid, which is the highest overall score of the season in each event. And so with getting a 10 in the open pyramid, you can't score higher than a 10. So even if another school would have scored a 10 as well, it would have been a tie. So we would have qualified to go to Oregon to compete in the, um, in the national event finals for the open pyramid. That's so crazy. That's, that's really <laughs> yeah, that I think was one of the hardest um, parts for some of the girls to kind of like handle um, just because they all, they all do have at least one more season um, ahead of them but that's something that really is like a once in a career opportunity like you don't know tens don't come by every meet and so that was something that we hope we can we can get back and we hope we can get other events as well but it's something that you just don't know and it was a super special um, like experience that they could have had but again it's selfish for us because everyone else is going through the same thing but that definitely was hard I mean to end on a low note, but I just wanted no, to know because it's, I, still, it's, still, it's still so exciting and so incredible that they were able to do that, and we can just hope that mm-hmm. it can happen again next season. Yeah. Speaking, going back a little bit of the the recruiting stuff, um, have you noticed anything when you when you're talking to uh, prospective players or recruits? Do they mention, oh yeah, we we heard about the perfect ten, uh, we heard about the record setting uh, first meet of the year, and your first meet as a head coach? Do they? Uh, talk about that at all? Yeah, a lot of um, recruits or like girls we talk to follow us on our social media. And I feel like we have tried to promote um, a lot of that stuff really well. And West Liberty Athletics as a whole does it really well too. And so I do think that a lot of um, recruits and girls that we talk to that have followed us on our Instagram, Twitter, or follow West Lib Athletics um, have seen that stuff and they do notice it. So I think so, yeah. That's I mean, I don't know if there's a better recruiting tool than stacking up wins and setting records. Uh, everybody wants to be a part of those types of things. Uh, and it's, I, I couldn't be more happy that you came here and had the success you had in your first year because it's just got to make you more hungry uh, to want to get more next year, especially the way your first season unfortunately ended. Yeah, I, I can't wait already. I just, I wish it was August and we were back on campus and getting ready for next season. Well, Coach, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day, Lauren. The same with you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we're going to have to do this again at some point. I think I think people like this podcast. So I, I hope they do. So I uh, hope this is something that sticks around one way or the other, even after the quarantine. Uh, hopefully we can keep this going and have uh, interviews with all kinds of people. And uh, you never know what this might turn into. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'll do it anytime. <laughs> All right, Topper Nation, thank you for watching again. This was uh, Coach Kelsey Kyle, the head coach of Acro and Tumbling. And a big thank you to Coach Kelsey Kyle for joining us. Uh, Tremendous podcast, extremely easy to talk to, Lauren. Um, We're going to have to definitely have her back on, uh, maybe get her assistant coach on as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
she's just such a great person to talk to, has the best answers, uh, is so uh, optimistic about a lot of things. And you really have to be in this sport. Um, you, you just always have the opportunity to get better, um, to get to the point where you can probably score a perfect 10 in almost everything. And uh, she knows the hardships of this sport, being an athlete herself in it. And she knows how hard it is to be a coach and having to deal with those situations, like telling your team, I'm so sorry, the season's gone though. And uh, but she does an amazing job with it. Her and her assistant coach do a phenomenal job. You can tell that they just have a really great bond with their team. Yeah, that's obviously that's one of the things that we have to talk about on this podcast. And we have any athletes uh, on that played in the spring or at this point in time of the year, that's when their season is. Uh, tough to hear how they have to tell everybody, hey, this is this is it. You know, it's not that you lost. It's not that you did anything wrong or didn't perform well. It's just everybody's done. And I, I don't know if it makes it better knowing that, hey, this was the same thing that everyone had to deal with. I think maybe uh, it still might be a little rough right now to think that way. Maybe in a year or so or give it some time, maybe they'll look back and say, you know, everybody in the country had to deal with this. Everybody in the world had to deal with cancellations and things of that nature. So uh, it's still not fun. You, you feel for them and you, you wish you could have seen what they could have done this year. But as she said, likely, just like with uh, men's basketball this year, no seniors. And it didn't have to tell anybody their career ended this way. Which is very exciting. And we also talked about recruits and how we're gaining so much. They have every reason to be excited for August and to be excited to start practice again because you thought they were great this year. Wait till next season when they have more athletes competing and more depth. I think depth is a really important thing to have in the sport. Um, you know, we can talk about basketball in this sense. The starting five is phenomenal for West Liberty's men's. The backup five is also phenomenal for the West Liberty they're, men. They're kind um, of the starting five for most other teams. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think it's like in this sense, like having depth. So like if one girl is out for one event, you have three other girls that can take over her place. And I think that's where they're getting to in their point of the year. And I mean, even in practice, the competition, you know, okay, this person's chomping on my heels trying to get my spots and you know, you got, you got to step it up and competition just breeds greatness. That's what I think. And um, Acro, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch because they just get exponentially better every single year. And it's, it's a very, we talked about it in the first part of this podcast, a very fan friendly uh, type of uh, sport because I, I can't do that stuff. And it's unbelievable to see. I can't do it either. And uh, I think that's what makes it better. Like you get to watch somebody do something that is so incredibly difficult and they learned it in less than a year and you're like whoa like there's no way that they can do that how are they doing that and I think that's what draws people in it's like yeah watching basketball is phenomenal watching football is fantastic but acro and tumbling is so different and it's something that makes everybody so excited to watch and like we were talking about a lot of students show up to those meets. It's very different compared to other sports on our campus, which do still get uh, people from other sports or people from other like students, but not to the extent that Acro gets. And I think that's really exciting for them. It's it's a one thing that we try to point out every broadcast that we do, look at the you know, players from basketball, football, women's basketball, volleyball, 
I mean, it's almost every sport represented in the crowd at Akron Tumbling because, again, it's it's such a spectator sport. What what are they doing? These things are insane that they're able to do. Um, and the way Coach Kelsey Kyle talked about it, this isn't a sport in high school. And she didn't really know anything about Akron Tumbling when she got to college. And what she turned into, to be able to learn a sport that quickly and, and – the precision that is needed in this sport because all the little things you do that get deductions and to learn it that quickly, to learn a skill and almost perfect it that quickly is amazing to me. So we, and it is incredible. And I try to touch more on that. Like how do you teach somebody to stand on somebody else's hands? Like, it's just, that's just crazy to me, but these, they pick up these skills. If you're a gymnast and you have a gymnastics background, the tumbling is the most easy part, not the easiest part because nothing's easy, but like it's the most to get used to because that's what you were doing beforehand. Now you're taking those skills that you learned in gymnastics, you're incorporating them into the sport, but in a much different sense. So like people do the straddle handstands that you see in Afro, but they're doing it with their hands on the ground. Now you're having to get a completely different grip, learning how to hold on to some excuse me, something that's like a person. And that's just so, I told you, he doesn't want to be in here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just so challenging to think about. So like they already know the skill, but they have to learn it in a completely different sense. Uh, it just thoroughly is thoroughly, thoroughly impressive. Um, some of the other things Coach Kyle talked about, she coaches her younger sister, Kenzie, says it's a good relationship. They've never had a fight. I have two siblings. I find it very, very difficult to believe that at some point in time they they disagreed about something, didn't get along, and a little bit of a fight. Come on now. I don't. I just maybe <laughs> I can see it, but at the same time, like I don't know. Like I had a fight with my sister yesterday. I had a fight with her the day before. Like, and it's not just like a big fight where you just scream at each other. It's just like a little scuffle. Like I don't know. It's just so weird to think about. Um, but they're very close in age and maybe that's what helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me, but it might be true. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wish I would have been closer in age to my brother so we could have played some sports together, whether it be football or hockey, because I promise you if my brother and I got to play sports together, there would have been fights regardless if we're on the same team or not, we're fighting each other at some point. You just get really angry, and then, like, you, you take it out on the person you know best, and that's your, that's your brother. I get it. Yeah. It'd be payback for me. I got it for years as the younger brother. Years. I'm so the older one, so I – Yeah. So I don't know whose side I'd be on. I don't know whose side I'd be on with you and your sister. I think – I don't know. I always go, go with the younger sibling. I mean, don't <laughs> do things that make me mad, and then I won't yell. <laughs> What over the other way around? Don't do things that make me mad, right? Well, she does it to me too, but like I'm just, know, I'm just messing with you. Oh, <laughs> this is hilarious to me because uh, it's so rare to have, especially in college, a uh, sibling coaching another sibling. Uh, we've seen it maybe times in high school where you know you have the families where siblings are you know, close to a decade apart in age and things like that, and it happens. Uh, but to have them be so close in age, just two, three years apart, and she's her college head coach, that's it's just really rare. It is very rare. Uh, you don't necessarily get the young coaching staff anymore in college. I think that's a lot. That's 
like major leagues are doing that, like major league baseball is starting to do the old, you know, as soon as you retire, you get a coaching position. Um, but it's not really incorporated in a lot of other sports. You've had people like uh, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban that have been there forever. Um, but you're starting to see it a little bit more, especially in the newer sports. I feel like as soon as you get into it, you want a job within that because you love it so much and it's just so brand new. And Kelsey found the perfect opportunity and she snatched it right up. And boy, did she, she did a very fantastic job with it. Um, and like I've been saying before, like having Kenzie on the team and being a part of that team and being able to coach her sister helps with everyone else because everyone else knows Kenzie and Kelsey's very similar to Kenzie. So it's just like having that person that you are already familiar with and then bringing them into that coaching sense. And it does help being around the same age, I feel like. And I wonder if I'm going to get any emails or messages on social media from her parents like listen I, I'm the better coach I kind of put her on the spot there who's the best coach out of the three three of you you mom or dad and she didn't want to answer I get it but again you, you gotta to, to quell all problems just say I'm the best that way mom and dad can't get mad at each other they're like well, let's just go after her uh, that'll be fine <laughs> I three very different disciplines in that sense uh you know, cheerleading and acro kind of similar but at the high school level uh, and then the collegiate level, it's a little different. Uh, she can say she has one up. She coached college. Yeah. They only coached high school. But <laughs> nothing against that. Nothing against that, of course. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, she, she could say she's the best. Well, that's – there you go. You're just giving her reasons. It's not excuses. It's not trying to be anything. It's just this is Proving the honest truth. This is the Proving honest truth. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. You know, last time we talked about stuff you're doing to – keep yourself entertained. We asked coach Kyle that as well. What, what are you watching on Hulu, Netflix, movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, at this point, the cabin fever is getting worse and worse. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't want to go walk around in public, even to go up to Ogilvy or anything like that, walk around. I don't want to do that. Uh, driving around maybe, but even then I get kind of bored. Um, how are you keeping yourself sane? Is it, do the dogs help a lot? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, I try and keep myself busy as much as possible. I try and like have a schedule set. Um, the thing that really helps me the most is I, if I can, I sleep in as best as possible. Kind of takes some of the hours away from the day, so I don't feel like it's like it's just dragging on. Uh, so this morning I woke up at like ten. Uh, it's typically what time I wake up. I go down and I make a little small breakfast, and then. Try and get some homework done. Uh, I have a set amount of like time where I'll give myself to do some homework. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like I said, it's very hard to stay motivated here at home. Um, but I do have two more. I had an exam yesterday, Wednesday, uh, and I'll have two more exams this week. It went from like having nothing to worry about to like, I told you he wants out. Um, it went from having two or nothing to worry about to three exams. He wants to talk. He wants to be on the show. Yikota? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, he can have his own show. Tell him a couple more minutes and he'll be able to you'll be able to go play or throw the ball at him out, whatever he wants to go do. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping everybody at home is keeping themselves uh, entertained in some way, shape, or form, because this is 
Um, this is getting a little crazy. I, I hope uh, that everything stays as scheduled to where, hey, hopefully by the end of April, we'll be back to somewhat normalcy and get back to doing what we, uh, some of the things that we enjoy doing. I mean, I don't know, Lauren. Uh, part of it, I, I enjoy working from home, but I also want to get back to campus and, and do. I, I enjoy doing this podcast. This is some of the most fun I've had doing shows in a long time. And But at the same time, I want to get back to normalcy. I miss being up there so much. Uh, just being able to like have that independence and being able to do what I want. I, it's helped me grow a lot. Uh, please stop crying. Um, <laughs> he's crying. Um, but like I miss being on campus so much. I miss having the responsibility of having to do like three things during the day. Uh, having to go to class, it kept me on a schedule. It kept me sane. Uh, being able to give tours to people, it really helped me out. Uh, being able to work and edit and like film stuff and be a part of like classes and being an RA, I miss my staff so much. I miss being like on campus with them at all times. Uh, I miss my RA staff. I miss my friends. I miss Chris Lee. I miss, I just miss everyone. Like it's so hard. I miss Jared. I, <laughs> I've talked to Jared a few times over quarantine. We we're talking about a few things with my last semester there and stuff, but uh, I just miss the people so much and I miss the campus. And around this time in April, God, that campus would be gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And we can't be there to like see it. It's really sad. Oh, Chris Lee, I don't know if he'll ever watch this podcast, but continuity wise, the dog was not in the interview, so he's gonna be he's gonna be upset with us about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Chris, I, I miss the days of having him in class and talking. And we moved uh, Topper Station offices to a different part of campus, so I don't get to speak or see Chris quite as often as I used to, and that's unfortunate. Um, He's a very beloved uh, teacher in the broadcast program at West Liberty for decades now. Uh, he was Teresa Gretchen's teacher, my teacher, your teacher. Uh, who knows? He's been saying he's going to retire for about 15 years, and he seems to always stick around. So I don't think – he talks about wanting to leave at times. I don't think he really wants to leave. He just – he has this reputation on campus and with our program that's just unbelievable. Um, he's helped so many people no matter, like, no matter what, in any situation, he's there to help. And he has so much knowledge within the broadcasting program, but also knowledge in life. That man lives the, one of the craziest lives I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And like, Todd, you know the stories that he's told. Like, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. I miss the stories. He, he should have like 30 stories by now that he just hasn't told people. Um, but yeah, I, I just miss everyone. I miss just being up there. And uh, I need to talk to Chris. I got, I got a few things I got to discuss with him. He he may uh he may want to start his own podcast with you and you never know. God, could you imagine? It, that'd be so many. A documentary film podcast. <sighs> that was my favorite <laughs> class with him, honestly. Documentary film was a great class. It was a great class. All right, I I think we may be boring some of Topper Nation with some of our talk of broadcasting, folks. It's what gets you to watch the games, or you know, it's what helps you watch the games. These broadcasting students and the things that they do. Uh, again, Lauren, thank you again for being on another podcast. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, to talk about whatever next time. Maybe we'll have the other dog on with us. I don't know. Gosh, she's even more crazy than this one. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get her up here. I might be able to get her up here for like two seconds and have to let her back out. 
Well, even if it's just a picture, maybe Topper Nation, we're all animal lovers. We'd love to see the dogs again. Folks at home, Lauren Fridley, senior broadcasting student at West Liberty University. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. <laughs>